Good Nature Wellness Podcast, Episode 12. Hello and welcome to the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. This podcast is all about discovering how you can transform, re-energize, and strengthen your body naturally with the healing power of food to regain control over your health, reclaim your energy, feel better, look better, and be stronger for life. I'm your host, board-certified master health and wellness coach, Barbara Walsh. I am super excited today because I have a special guest joining me for this episode. I recently met an amazing woman, Eva Peatlock. Eva actually struggled with inflammatory bowel disease and emotional eating for over 10 years. After gaining control over these issues, Eva trained as a certified life coach and eating psychology coach, and she's also a certified health coach, just like me. I actually met Eva on Instagram of all places, which I think is pretty amazing because Eva lives in the UK and I am here in the US. But even though we live miles apart, we actually have a lot in common, including overcoming serious illness and our desire to help women live healthier lives. I was drawn to Eva's Instagram posts where she shared her insights about understanding what's fueling our hunger cues. Is it actual hunger or is it our emotions? And also how to use mindfulness to help break the cycle of emotional eating. Actually, the timing couldn't have been better to discuss this important topic with Eva because it's the perfect follow-up to episode 11 of the Good Nature Wellness podcast, Why Diets Don't Work, where I touched on the concept of mindfulness. And by the way, if you haven't heard that episode, I encourage you to check it out. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down virtually with Eva to get to know her and learn more about her personal journey healing from emotional eating and how we can recognize the signs of emotional eating in our own lives and take control of it. It was an amazing conversation, and I think you'll be amazed by what she had to share too. So without further ado, here's Eva Peatlock. I'm just so thrilled to have you today. Welcome, Eva. Thank you for joining me on the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your story. Yeah, so like like you've mentioned, I've struggled with emotional eating for a very, very long time, for I think roughly 10 years. And uh, I actually didn't really even realize at the beginning that I was struggling with it. I thought it was quite normal in a way because, you know, we eat food, we eat food is fuel and uh, I thought it was normal just to kind of what we call it munch and eat and just away. And I, I, after a while only, I just realized that that's just something, it's not quite right. It's not quite normal. And also because I've, I've actually, what's um, quite normal in binge eating or emotional eating, I, I've pulled a lot of weight. And that kind of made me stop and think about it and research it and, and try to get help. So I knew how difficult it was for me. I knew how I was struggling. I couldn't talk to anyone. I couldn't. I felt really embarrassed because I felt that I was like this good, successful woman. And I had this, I don't know, in a sense of a weakness, maybe you could say, but it was drawing me to eating and it was hard for me to speak to anyone about it. So when I eventually, when I got help and I help a lot of myself with my own research, I've decided then that I want to help basically. I want to help other people. And also like another factor was that I was uh, diagnosed in 2008, I was diagnosed with IBD, so it's inflammatory bowel disease, I have um, colitis, and that also 
made me kind of be more health conscious then because I thought I was doing again lots of research into health and health and wellness and um, so I suppose you know putting those two things together I thought it's time for me to give back basically you know to, to to help others to help other women because I know how difficult it is sometimes you feel so upset about even yourself that you will struggle talking to people about it so i slowly at first did a life course certification then health coach and then um i've become an eating psychology coach just to deepen my knowledge and expertise and everything to, to be able to help so that's kind of my story in a nutshell wow, wow <laughs> yeah it's incredible it's a shame i think because i have not a similar story but similar in the way that it took a, a health crisis in my own life for me to kind of step back and take a look at what I was doing and what would be possible for me to change to improve my situation. I think it's really cool with health coaching and even with someone like yourself that you can raise that awareness. What I got from what you were saying was that you were kind of struggling with this thing and there was no help available to you or you were unaware that there was help available to you and that you kind of were proactive and you decided, okay, I'm going to try to find out what's going on here because something's not right and I need to make an adjustment. But what's really cool is it opened up this whole world of healing for you, which is great. And now you can open that up for other people. So that's super exciting. So from your posts, the one I think that really struck me was called Understand Your Hunger, Emotional Hunger Versus Physical Hunger. And I really thought this was so cool because you listed seven different traits that are associated with each one and how they contrast. So here are the comparisons from your post. Emotional hunger is sudden, while physical hunger is gradual. Emotional hunger usually wants a specific food, but if you're physically hungry, you're typically open to different foods. Emotional hunger is urgent, but physical hunger is patient. Emotional hunger is typically associated with an upsetting emotion, while physical hunger comes from an actual physical need. Emotional hunger is mindless eating, while physical hunger is mindful eating. When we are feeding emotional hunger, we don't stop eating when we're full. But when we are eating to feed physical hunger, we do stop eating when we are full. And lastly, emotional hunger results in negative feelings after eating, while our feelings will be neutral after eating to satisfy physical hunger. So maybe you could tell us some things about that. Yes. So um, I think what I was saying, but I didn't realize that I actually had this kind of binge eating, emotional eating um, kind of struggle or problem. And I think lots of people these days as well don't really know because I often post on Instagram, are you aware if you're an emotional eater or do you eat emotionally? Kind of like to see whether people know. I mean, we kind of know the binge eating, binging kind of, but not really sometimes emotional eating. It's kind of, I think, still maybe not really properly understood. And as I kind of started posting a little bit more to understand for people and for my audience, you know, there's a difference between fueling our body and fueling our emotions, right? And it's a big, big difference because obviously we fuel our body because this is natural, this is normal, our body needs food as a fuel and a nutritious food and we need that and this is one of the differences but with physical hunger we can eat whatever we want we would eat lunch or dinner or we would eat snack or whatever but most of the times you wouldn't crave certain food but with emotional eating with emotional hunger even 
we crave something very specific that we kind of want something and i've not come across yet anyone craving anything healthy you know we don't, <laughs> you know what i mean so that's that's big thing i've never come across oh i really really want this tomato i really yeah. want this yeah. this salad bowl i'm yeah. craving that salad usually it would be either you know something sweet most of the times but with stress, because of the current levels, we also crave savory. So we would go for crisps or chips or as you guys, I think fries you call. Yeah, so that's kind of main big differences. But also with physical hunger, because it's the normal hunger, it comes really gradually, very slowly, because this is what our body needs. So it gradually comes to us very slowly and we feel slightly peckish and then we feel hunger for food with emotional hunger it's more sudden it's kind of like all of the sudden we just can't stop thinking and we just think we need food and we need to satisfy this certain emotion and we eat mindlessly so we just kind of pretty much so to speak have our faces to kind of feel better to fuel this emotion what i was saying in the beginning so and that's as well like two big differences but with physical hunger when we actually eat we eat mindfully, more mindfully. So we would have like a plate, we would have, we would cook dinner or we cook a meal. With emotional hunger, we want something straight away, something very easy, something that we can just grab and satisfy that, that hunger. Mm. I think that's yeah. interesting too, because as I was list- reading your posts and thinking about things you had shared there, it struck me that for a lot of years, I think I was an emotional eater, even though I wouldn't say I knew I was an emotional eater, but The reason why I say that is I think in my household growing up, we had a big focus on food in my house. It was always, you know, big occasions where everybody would get together. So it was a big social thing of family bonding time. But it was also associated with a little like reward centric, you know, like you did something great. Let's celebrate and have a big meal. Or if you don't feel good. I'm half Italian, half Filipino, so we're big eaters all the way around. And if you were going to celebrate, it was big. It was a lot of food. If you were sad or upset in some way, my mom would be like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. You hungry? You want me to make you something to eat? And this started from the time that you're a little kid, but you don't know any better because that's just how you're raised, you know? And I think subconsciously that kind of stays with you your whole life which i think is why it's interesting that it's so tied closely with stress because as we become adults especially with women we're typically doing way more going above and beyond and it sets the stage for a lot of stress in our lives and i think that the time crunch and the stress coupled together it almost makes you feel like you need something comforting at that moment. Or if let's say you are an overachiever and you're doing all of this great work and you're accomplishing all these big things, you really need to celebrate. And it's not like I'm trying to demonize it in any way, but I was thinking how interesting it is because so many of us, I know I have in my life, struggle with weight. And it's all of these kind of subliminal tendencies that we may have that actually impact what's happening with our physical bodies so that's why i thought that was really really interesting yeah and just following up with what you were saying but with this reward so to speak system that the parents are doing because in my household where i was growing up it was similar and also i just remember when you were saying that about your family we had the tendency and it's still i I think it's still to these days but the parents seems to be doing we have the clean your plate thing so i actually when you were saying about your meals and your but it was quite big in your house i just remember it was similar when i was growing up and i remember sitting for like 
hour, you know, or whatever. It seems like hours, actually, you know, because I had to finish my grains. I had to finish my food and I had to clear the plate because that's how it was in my home. And also my mom, even though we eat very healthily, my mom always makes sure we had the proper home-cooked uh, meals and everything. It was always very healthy. But I always remember my mom always being on a sort kind of diet, but she was restricting herself. So like maybe if we had a cake, so she would have a little bit or that. So she was always watching herself. That's, that's my kind of memories in terms of food and when I was growing up. And I think to these days, little girls, and even more so, especially now with the social media, because I, when I grew up, we didn't have social media. So I didn't, I didn't know anything more than was in my home, what's with my neighbors at school, nothing else. Um, obviously on TV, but there was not some kind of thing like influencers. I don't yeah. <laughs> know. There was nothing like that. Yeah. There was no, yeah. And I think even now it's even more probably difficult, you know, because we're inspiring for certain looks as well. And um, the reward system, I mean, I even do it to these days. And I think even if you, you do it once in a while, if you celebrate, because we like to celebrate with food, but more um, in terms of, you know, celebration rather than actually being associated with just food. Oh, you know, have a cookie because you did your homework or have a cookie because, I don't know, you you tidy up your room or something like that. So um, it's very interesting when we kind of associate food with different things in our life, really, right? right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So what do you do? I can't say everybody has a similar experience like we have, but I think a majority of people have similar experiences because there are a lot of people out there that struggle with being able to balance the way that they eat. And I think there's also today, especially with our whole pandemic world where people are isolated a lot. I think that there's another dimension to it too because you have a different kind of stress or you may have loneliness which is actually, I guess it's sort of like an emotion. And then trying to ease that discomfort with food, I think, is a problem. And I could say that because I know statistically last year, you could see it a lot on the internet, people saying, you know, my gosh, I've been home so long, I've gained all this weight because I have nothing to do. I'm just sitting around. And I think that most of the time when people think about emotional eating, they, they think of the extremes like becoming anorexic or maybe being a bulimic person. I don't think that people associate the fact that emotional eating is not necessarily an extreme. It, it could be something that all of us deal with. So how would you suggest that your clients balance this type of situation, assuming that they're becoming aware that they might fall in that category? Yes, that's right. And I think like what you were saying, that emotional eating, it's kind of very much associated with eating disorder, with anorexia, bulimia, which actually it's a small percentage compared to actual like emotional eaters or binge eaters but we always like you say we always think like one extreme so anorexia bulimia or another extreme so being you know obese overweight but not really in those first grounds but lots of women struggle and i think from what you're saying and it's quite right because i speak to quite a you know i have obviously friends and obviously my clients as well this last year has been really, really difficult because um, whether you are with your family or not, you get support or not support, it's really hard to actually, you know, even mentally to stay focused, stay, so to speak, on track with everything. And it's very easy to start emotionally eating because of uh, with your loneliness or with your stress or with your maybe bored to some people because the food is give us pleasure, gives us that little comfort. 
which doesn't really change the fact. It's not going to change the emotion in the first place. But to answer your question, so what I do with clients, you go through deeply what causes the, the trigger, so binge eating trigger, emotional eating trigger, and work through the mindset because that's with mindset, it's a lot of work. And um, mindful eating, it's very important as well. And having the balanced meals and no restricting. I always say no dieting and no restricting because we need we need carbs in our lives. We need sugar, we need fats, we need protein, we need all the macronutrients in our life. They are there for a reason. And our bodies are so, in a way, they're so simple but in the same they're so clever because we need those macronutrients for a reason so when we don't have them we crave them even more and this is mostly when people actually then crave that sugar or crave that crisps or whatever it is so it's a lot of mindfulness working and also uh, which people sometimes don't and i actually didn't realize that actually body movement and exercise is a big big help in mindset as well and I teach my clients with the morning routine, one hour when you get up from bed, don't switch off your phone, try to calm, try to set your mind, be present. Some people meditate, some people go for a walk. I have a few clients that started doing yoga in the mornings to calm their mind. When you start your day with positive mindset, but also when you start being present and calm, instead of rushing out of bed and starting doing your task and taking out your to-do list, I mean, no wonder then you feel stressed and you feel kind of like you need something, like you feeling the void or, you know, like in the, that sense. So um, I think that it really starts from the from, from morning, from little things like, you know, waking up slowly, maybe a little bit of meditate, maybe journaling. I do gratitude journaling, maybe listen to some soothing music for meditation if you, if you don't like to do it in the silence. Maybe just go for a walk or do yoga, some stretches, some maybe coffee in bed, maybe on Sundays. You know, something very positive, something very calming and mindful. And also, it's important to what I was saying before, and you mentioned briefly about mindful eating. So literally make at least the main meals, so breakfast, lunch, dinner, make it really special in a way but don't eat in a hurry don't rush because your mind doesn't register your eating so you don't feel satisfied with your food and then you might think like oh my god i just ate a sandwich or whatever i ate for lunch why am i hungry because your mind doesn't know that you're eating because you're just kind of throwing your food mindlessly basically yeah wow so that kind of the main things that i would say and also learning about yourself so when you have that urge to eat just sit few minutes just calm be present you can count to 100 or whatever you don't have to but just recognize the trigger what's happening with me because this is all starts here in, in our mind what's happening engage your brain engage your mind and things okay why do i have the urge to eat Again, do I want to fuel my body or do I want to fuel my emotion? What will I achieve by fueling my emotion? The emotion is still going to be there. Hmm. Again, it's being calm and being present and recognize the emotions and recognize the urge and what trigger it. What can I do maybe next time to stop it? So, and I always say some kind of activities, the best, maybe call your friend or, or read a book or listen to a motivational podcast. You know, I love podcasts. You, you're doing podcasts. Listen to us, um, you know, watch something like a comedy on TV or just go for a walk. That's the best thing is to go outdoors because a fresh air and a little walk is just so good for your mind. Just engaging with yourself, understanding your body uh, and listening to your body. That's the, that's the main thing. Yeah. 
Wow. That's, those are such great tips because it's true. I, I find that I could have a tendency to get up and rush to do something because there's always a million things to do. And especially in our culture today is like we're going 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have constant sensory input going on, whether it's with the internet, with our phones, there's all these things going on. So you really have to make a concerted effort to sort of recenter yourself, to not get lost in the sea of all that stuff. Because then what happens is, I think instead of being responsive or making choices that you're in control of, you end up being reactionary. So then you just kind of, like you're saying, these triggers come in as like, What's, what's the immediate thing to, to satisfy that trigger? So I think that's really cool. Well, that was great, Eva. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed the conversation because you really have so much knowledge about this and helps someone like myself that is not really well-versed in this area, but I could see how I could apply some of these principles of my own life and maybe even with people that I work with and, you know, yeah. just to help to shed the light on how they can get better control and they can improve their health. So I think that's really cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, I have got to say that Eva Peatlock has a pretty inspiring story, and the insights that she shared about how we can understand our hunger cues were pretty amazing, don't you think? But that definitely wasn't the end of our conversation. I honestly didn't want my chat with Eva to end. She had so much more to share that I can't wait to share with you. So be sure to tune in for the next episode of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast for the continuation of my chat with Eva, where we'll be talking about how to overcome the cycle of emotional eating. And don't forget to subscribe to the Good Nature Wellness Podcast to be notified when part two of my interview with Eva Peatlock goes live, because believe me, you don't want to miss it. If you want to learn more about Eva and how she helps women overcome emotional eating and develop a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and their body, be sure to check her out on Instagram at recreate.your.wellness. And you can find her links to her Facebook page and her website in the show notes for this episode too. If you're curious about my story of overcoming breast cancer naturally with the power of nutrition and prayer, no surgery, no radiation or chemo, and how I lost 30 pounds in the process without dieting, be sure to check out some of my earlier episodes of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast, especially episode one, How Breast Cancer Changed My Life for the Better. And if you're ready to find out what health coaching and the healing power of food can do in your own life, let's talk. Getting in touch is as easy as sending an email. My email address is barbara at goodnaturewellness.com or you can reach out to me on Instagram at good underscore nature underscore wellness. My links will be in the show notes as well. I'll keep an eye out for your email and I can't wait to chat with you. And by the way, I'd love to hear what your biggest takeaway was from part one of my interview with Eva Peatlock. So please share a comment for today's episode. And if you know someone else who would benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them too. Thank you in advance for those comments. And thank you also for tuning in today for the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. I'll see you next time. Disclaimer, the Good Nature Wellness Podcast offers information about nutrition, health, and wellness that is designed for educational purposes only. Any opinions expressed 
or information that is presented by NBC HWC board certified master health coach Barbara Walsh is not a substitution for, nor should it be used as a replacement for medical advice or to diagnose or treat any medical condition. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult your physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay seeking medical advice or treatment from your physician or other healthcare professional because of something that you may have heard in this podcast. Please note that while every effort is made to broadcast information that has been carefully researched and is current, ongoing developments in medical research may impact health, wellness, and nutritional advice included in this podcast. No assurance can be given that information or advice included in this podcast will always include the most recent findings or developments related to the material in this or any episode. Any information provided in this podcast is to be used solely at your own risk. Under no circumstances will Barbara Walsh, Holy Health Coaching, LLC, DBA, Good Nature Wellness, be responsible for damages and connection with the use of this podcast.